Hey, welcome back, Crosspoint. It's our uh, scripture podcast. Hey, it's been too long. Um, like I said, we do these as often as we can and uh, just with our schedule. And then, so anyway, I just love being with you guys and I love putting these out. So it's uh, sorry you had to go all weekend. I know some of you were panicking. You felt like calling the office to say, Can I have a scripture podcast? I get it. I get it. But uh, in all seriousness, I really appreciate you guys listening. It's Pastor Josiah here. Um, just coming off of a great Sunday with you guys. Uh, love getting together with my church. I don't know where I'd be without all of you. Uh, love Cross Point. Good family, God. And uh, just appreciate all of you and thank God for you. And uh, that's the whole point of this podcast. I'm more than happy for anybody who doesn't go to Cross Point to listen to it. That's awesome. Uh, but my heart is I love you guys and want to see us digging into the scriptures together. And I don't want to see little things like a lack of context and all that keep us from studying, okay? So here we go. Uh, it's been a little while, so let's pray before we begin, okay? Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for your word. I thank you for um, how it shines a light on who we really are. But more importantly, it shines a light on who you really are. So I pray as we look at these scriptures, you would take our eyes off of ourselves and put them on you and help us understand some things we didn't. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we have a good request actually from our sound recording uh, artist, engineer. What's your proper title, Easton? Um, Master? So, oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. Well, we got one from Easton, Brother Walker. And it's a good one. So we'll be looking at that um, coming up this week. Uh, but for now, we're going to use the U version verse of the day. It comes from my favorite book in the Bible, Romans. And it was in chapter 8, which is kind of the, um, as many of you know who are students of Romans or the Bible, um, Romans chapter 8 is kind of the heart of the whole thing. So everything before it is kind of leading up to it. And then everything after it is kind of working out some of the things that are said in it. So pretty neat. I love Romans chapter 8. It was in studying Romans chapter 8 that God really kind of put my head straight in a lot of ways when I was first getting sober and coming back to him, age 21, 22, 23. So God always got a special place in my heart for Romans and especially for chapter 8. So here we go. We're going to dive into it. The verse of the day from version came from Romans chapter 8, verse 18, and uh, says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For I consider, and this is Paul writing a letter to the church in Rome, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So um, first in looking at the larger context, this is in a letter uh, from Paul to a church that he's hoping to meet there, the Roman church. and. Um, He's got a lot of respect for them, you can tell as he's writing the letter because he's talking about you guys have this and you're strong and this is good and I can't wait to see you guys and we will mutually um, build each other up in the faith. And so Paul goes out of his way a lot in Romans to show that he doesn't think he's coming there to like correct them and set them straight on things as much as he just feels a mutual brotherhood and, and the service with them and that when he's there, he does hope to build them up and strengthen them, but he knows they'll build him up and strengthen him too. And he's hoping that they'll support his mission to Spain. He wants to go on from there into Spain with a missionary thing and plant some churches. So pretty neat. And so that's the context of the letter. And I don't know if it's because of that, because of Paul's trust for them. You know, of course you can read all the commentaries and things and they're all good and they can help you get some context. So there's a lot of opinions on it, but I don't know if it's because of his like respect for them that he gives one of the fullest rollouts of his theology, so to speak, 
So Paul says a lot more about things in Romans than he usually does, at least in the letters we still have. So he's a lot clearer about some things. So that's pretty cool. So he dives into a lot of stuff real deep, you know, the place of Israel and God's economy of salvation and uh, salvation itself and the atonement of the cross and the giving of the spirit and all this kind of stuff. So there's just so many riches in Romans. So that's the con- that's the big context is that within this letter. And so the and so a part of the context too is that Paul has talked a lot about the things like the suffering that we're going to face for the glory of God. So he talks about the sufferings that Israel has faced, that the church has faced, that he himself has faced. And so that's kind of a larger context of why he would be saying, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Also, he's talking to Christians who are meeting in the heart of the Roman Empire. Again, tons and tons of history you can read on this. Um, It wasn't like instant death to be a Christian in first century Rome, okay? But it was kind of unpopular, and especially when you wouldn't make sacrifices to the emperor cult. So if you wouldn't, you know, they could put up with a lot, but like when they said that worshiping the emperor was um, idolatry that really made Christians pretty unpopular. So you could definitely could get killed for being a Christian uh, if you wouldn't recant your ways. So it wasn't like they went through the streets hunting them down, but there were definitely pro- persecutions of Christians. And so it could definitely have been tough in the imperial center to be a follower of Jesus Christ instead of the emperor. So there, that's another reason, I think, for the overall context in here where Paul definitely addresses why, as Christians, we suffer. And so right here in the middle, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We want to look now at this at the shorter context. So this is 818. And you guys notice now you're starting to become students here. Um, what was a hint that maybe we need to look at something that came before this is that Paul uses that word for, okay, for I consider. So that means he's building on something he just said. So we need to go back and have a look at that. And what we're going to have a look at is one of the, you know, it's just everything in this is so deep. And, of course, I've already admitted my favoritism for Romans. So I really have to um, just discipline myself and just keep it, you know, just shine a few lights here and there and not get too caught up. But if you go back, so Paul is talking about how we are heirs with Christ. Your ESV might say that as the subject heading here, starting at verse 12. Your Bible might say heirs with Christ, depending on what version you have. And so the whole idea there is that Jesus um, is going to inherit the kingdom of God from his father because he was the perfect representation of God, and he lived a perfect life, and he laid down his life sacrificially in obedience to God, and that's why God has given him his life back. You see that? He raised him up on the third day. He ascended to heaven to his inheritance, and then unbelievable. So that's all, okay, Jesus was the Son of God, so okay, he died, he was perfect, he got the kingdom of God, all makes sense to me, but what does that have to do with me? That's the staggering part of Christianity. That's the that's the awesome grace of God. That's the life-changing supernatural revelation is that God didn't just do this. He didn't just show us his perfect Son and give him everything. He actually allows us just simply by his grace to be included in on the inheritance of Christ. So, the, so his righteousness and his kingdom and the fact that he was raised from life, uh, raised from death, raised from the grave, that we will inherit that eternal life as well, not because of anything we have done, but because we are heirs with Christ. And so in verse 12, Paul's saying, 
among so many other things. He's saying, hey, because you know this, because you know that God is for you, not against you, that Christ is for you, that no one can condemn you because Christ was crucified, even better than that, raised, even more than that, he's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us because of all that. So then, brothers, we are not debtors. Um, We are debtors, verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors. We do owe someone, but not the flesh, to live according to the flesh, that old sinful way. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. See that? Co-heirs with Christ. If you have his Holy Spirit because you put your trust in Jesus, you can know you're one of his children. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and of children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him. There it is. Suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. That's where the four comes in in verse 18. So, um, Paul, it's very important to to gain here from the um, context, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time. Paul is talking about suffering, but he's talking about a very specific kind, okay? He's talking about suffering with Christ. And it's very important to look at that because there's a lot of suffering in life. Some of it's definitely not your fault. You live in a broken system, so maybe your parents or maybe this government or maybe something brought some suffering upon you and you didn't like, so to speak, have anything to do with it. And that's something there, and God has compassion for that, and he'll help you with that. There's also suffering that you'll bring into your life by doing dumb things, <laughs> you know. And I'm, <laughs> I'm speaking from very personal experience here. Like if you keep sticking your finger in the light socket, you're going to keep getting shocked. And I think you understand what I'm saying. So there's a lot of like illegitimate suffering in life that we just bring on ourselves because of our stubbornness and because we refuse to listen to God. But then there's this suffering that comes, and it's like sometimes it can be the most frustrating kind. Like I think a lot of people are willing to put up with the suffering that they bring on themselves, you know, because it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm a dummy. Look what I did. But, man, when you guys have noticed this, when you like, man, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what, and you kind of turn into it, and you're like, I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to be a good witness at work. I'm going to pray every morning. I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to love my husband. I'm going to forgive You'll notice as soon as you do that, man, you get hit in the face, right? It hits the fan, and you know that. And that can sometimes be the most frustrating. You're like, God, I thought, you know, I'm trying to live for you, and then look what's happening to me. So it's so important that we get this, okay? There's suffering involved in following Christ. Christ followed God, and he suffered. Now we follow Christ, and the world, the flesh, and the devil works against us, and they're suffering when you go to follow him. Okay, so that's just a reality. If anybody ever lied to you and said that if you'll just follow God, only good things will happen to you. Or you'll if you'll just follow God, man, you you just found the keys to the bank. Or just any of that nonsense. It's just you've got to lose that. That's not helping you. That's not what Paul said. It's not what Jesus said. It's not what Peter said. It's not, you know, it's just not good. It's not helping you. And so right here, anyway, Paul is saying, Christ suffered for righteousness sake and we need to follow him and we will suffer with him in order that we may be also glorified with him so he's saying your suffering doesn't earn you anything he's saying you can know you're following christ because you will be your life will look like his you'll be going in the same direction as him and if you do that you're going to suffer some things for the kingdom okay so in verse 18 that's where we get the context for the suffering then for i consider that these sufferings you know the ones he just talked about suffering with christ 
of this present time. They're not worth even comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. It's Paul's trying to give us that ability to endure that stuff. So the next time you turn towards God and you're like, I'm doing everything that God's asked me to do, I'm going to do it, and things get hard, Paul wants you to not quit. You really need to hear that. The biggest temptation in the, in the Christian spiritual life is to just quit, to just stop doing it. That's what the devil wants you to do. He applies a little pressure, gets in your face, especially when you try hard to do the right thing. And he just wants you to quit. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care what it takes. You know, you can be a, you could be running cocaine by the ton in a speedboat in an airplane, or you can just be a gossip. The devil doesn't care. He just wants you to quit. Okay, so I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And then, you know, he talked about being co-heirs with Christ and all this. So let's keep going then. So we look at the context that came before, and I look at the context that comes after. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. So all the stuff around us isn't working right either. The whole created order. Josiah, do you understand that? No, I don't. I get it. I mean, I get enough what God's trying to say. Do I get it all? I don't. I just know the creation around us is also broken, also chained to futility, also striving in in what the Bible, what Romans says is childbirth, pains of childbirth. It's not the way it's supposed to be, and it's waiting for the eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Okay, so I, like I said, I got to work hard to not get all distracted, but just, just for our verse here, the glory that is to be revealed to us, listen, why would it not be compared to the suffering we may go to? Because Paul's trying to say, he's trying to take us back to Genesis 1, chapter 1 and 2, where you have this perfect, endless, glorious setup where people live together without shame and without sin and without death, and they live in the presence of God fully, freely, infinitely, where things just keep getting better every day, all the time, without end. That's the glory of the children of God, and all of creation was meant for that. When we stepped aside from the will of God in in Genesis 3 and all of the issues that have come since then, uh, Jesus died, rose again, and is putting an end to all those things. And you have to go forward to Revelation and some other parts to see all that. But here in this verse, all those things are being referenced. That's the glory to be revealed to us, is that re- not only just uh, being restored to Eden, so to speak, but like even more so now because Jesus is one of us. You know, He became man. He's crucified. He'll return take us to be with him. We never have to leave. We'll be in the presence of God. The the creation will be returned to its original purpose, which is to glorify God endlessly and in increasing measure. And we are all a part of that. And it's just great. <laughs> and that's why that glory resounds to God. It's going to be revealed to us and it outweighs, like in a way that Paul says it's not even worth comparing. It outweighs the suffering in this present time of being a Christian. And listen, here in the West, in America, we're being spared almost all of it. All the suffering we have here is mainly people talking bad about you, people thinking you're an idiot because you're a Christian. And that's, that's hard. It's hard for your family to think you're a hateful bigot or an idiot or ignorant or you don't know anything about science or 
you're dumb or uneducated or a jerk or a bigot or something like that. Okay, I get all that. I've heard all that about Christians. I understand that. And that's kind of hard to have people talking about you like that all the time, but that's not too bad compared to what's happened to a lot of our brothers in the Middle East, in North Africa, and some other places. So we always have to keep that in mind. But Paul Paul was doing the stuff more like in North Africa and the Middle East. He's getting the rods, the whip, the shipwrecks, the starvation, the cold, the hunger. That was Paul's life, and he's the one writing these words. So they're good. I'm glad that this wasn't written by an American Christian. It was written by Paul. And I really appreciate that because it gives me a lot of hope because I am an American Christian. And I struggle like everybody to stay faithful when it's hard. Okay, so that's the immediate, that's the bigger context and the immediate context. And that's why Romans 8.18 is so encouraging and so good, especially when we really fit it into the original context. Now, again, this is easy. How do we see Jesus in this? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I'm sure there's many ways, but this is a picture. So you go back and you read about Jesus' life. Jesus didn't consider the sufferings of this present time worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to, revealed to us. The, one of the clearest ways you can see this, this is great. Towards the end of Jesus' life, okay, he's the one who's going to be crucified, so he keeps telling the disciples, i got to go to Jerusalem, and I need to, and, and they're going to kill me there, and I must suffer for this, and so on. So they're going to do it to him, and he's not happy about it because he's saying, you know, I'm distressed, and my heart is, you know. He wasn't like la-di-da about it. I mean, he was like pressed and stressed and stressed suffering and sorrowing it was a big deal but his disciples like that they're not going to get crucified but his disciples are the ones who keep going no master far be it from you you're not going and peter especially you know no this will never happen to you then they won't kill you it won't happen so jesus actually has to argue with his disciples and be like no i need to suffer this why did he do that because he considered that the sufferings of this present time were not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us okay that was jesus's attitude it was his spiritual orientation so it needs to be as our too so if you're looking how do we see jesus in this verse there it is this is a snapshot of jesus character and motivation pretty cool okay all right guys so um romans 8 18 great verse and uh good to be with you guys and talk about it um if you guys have any questions encouragement snarky comments anything you can just email them to J-S-E-R-R-A at thecrosspoint.com. Um, you can comment on Facebook or just any way you want to get a hold of us, okay? All right, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, requests always welcome. We've got one, like I said, from Easton coming up and uh, any more that you guys want to send in. See you next time.